And I started kind of praying and I was, cause I'm pretty spiritual and I was asking for spirit to give me a sign of like, what am I supposed to do? And I look around at these Costa Ricans and they have the most simple but beautiful life. They live in these like lush, you know, dirt floors, thatched roofs, papayas in the front yard, pigs and chickens running around. They fish. They're all healthy. They're all happy. And they don't have all the stuff that I'm killing myself for, the cars, the watches. Right. They're not going after that. They're just going after like living life, pura vida. That's what their phrase is. Right. And I'm like, I want the simple life. I want to be like that guy when I grow up. I want to just like connect with nature. I want to be able to, to surf. I want to be able to be healthy. I don't need to make a ton of money. I can get, I, basically I had a realization that there's a certain amount of money that is enough. Welcome to the Habits to Goals podcast with Martin Grunberg. It's time to take control of your life. Are you ready to achieve goals faster and more consistently than ever before? You need the habit factor. You're listening to Habits to Goals, the podcast that helps you create the habits that lead to success. And here is Martin Grunberg. All righty, here we go. Welcome back. Thank you very, very much for joining us. My name is Martin Grunberg. You have reached Habits to Goals. Today, we have a phenomenal guest in the studio. And technically, <laughs> he's only a few miles away, not in the studio. Check that. Um, Mr. Greg Rex, he is an author, a wellness coach, and a lifestyle entrepreneur. He's recently published just an amazing book. I'm really looking forward to getting into it. I've only kind of gone through this syllabus, if you will, and it sounds great. Um, I'm really intrigued and I'm looking forward to this. Greg, how are you doing today, sir? Oh, I'm awesome, Martin. It's good to reconnect with you. Yes. And it's great. I really, truly appreciate you making the time. And again, I'm looking forward to getting into the book. Um, before we go any further, we have the custom of kicking this off with what we call the Good Things Report, the GTR. Since you are the guest, sir, you can go first or defer to me. Um, I will defer to you since you are the host, and I'll, I'll follow up afterwards. Sweet. Well, mine's <laughs> – I'm actually thinking the listeners are tired of hearing that I keep bringing this up in my – in my GTRs. Um, and interestingly, now that I think about it, there's a nice connection to you. Um, so I have been, and I will spin this into a good thing, but I've been battling a bad back, just too much surfing, too much slacklining, too much thinking. I'm 21 and I'm 51. Um, so I've been out of surfing, seeing the chiropractor, Strangely enough, a couple things, in fact, I'm thinking of three, have massively helped over the last week. Now, I say that realizing the recovery process is three weeks in, so so that by itself could be it. But the first thing is I've been hanging on monkey bars. <laughs> and the second thing, which confused my chiropractor, I... uh I've been running more, not less. And it sounds really strange, but it, but it's, 
It's really, really been beneficial. And the third thing tied to you, my friend, I saw your, your, your yoga stretches in Bali at Uluwatu, a great surf spot. And I, I kid you not, I started doing some of that warm up stretch and that has been massively helpful. So that is my GTR and, uh, thank you for asking. <laughs> Awesome. That is a perfect lead in because I would say one of my biggest pieces of gratitude is that I was healthy enough to go out and surf not only Uluwatu, but G-Land. Oh, which, sweet. As you know, is one of the, like the every surfer's dream. It's a perfect left. It's just epic double overhead, triple overhead. And what's so special about that is that uh, two years ago in February, I blew out both of my shoulders surfing in North Shore. I, I, I overdid it. Uh, same thing, thinking I was uh, in better shape than I was on some big days. <laughs> and then the next day after overdoing it at Alligators, I went out and towed in at uh, at Phantoms. And I blew out both of my shoulders. I couldn't even lift my arms to the to horizontal. I couldn't Crazy. even lift them up to my, you know, to be horizontal. And for someone who's as passionate about surfing as I am, to not be able to surf for a year and a half. Wow. I was going crazy. I my I was like you know, mood swings and like, you know, it's, it's like very difficult when you have something that you're accustomed to doing. It's your passion. It's your, it's your, your stress relief. You get connected with the ocean. You're, you got your buddies. I mean, all those positive things were out of my, 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 uh, my reality. Right. And and what I did, I did a whole combination of things to recover. Mm -hmm. But the three things that I think helped the most was number one, is I, I went in and I got uh, stem cell and PRP. Wow. And uh, it's expensive, but it was it really, I think, accelerated the, the, the healing process. The second thing is I made a spiritual decision that I was not going to give up. That it took, even though it was taking six months, nine months, 12 months, a year, I made this decision, I'm not going to give up. And part of the way through my journey, I came across a, um, a morning ritual. I call it my warrior ritual. And the yoga piece that I did is one part of it. There's four pieces to this to this morning ritual. And if you want, next time we're together, yep. I'll, do, I'll teach it to you. Sweet. It only takes 15 to 20 minutes. And I made it more than just my workout for my shoulders. I made it my spiritual grounding. I made it. The, I, I made it not only af- affecting my my physical health, but my spiritual health, my mental health, my emotional, my financial health. I said, if I can wake up every day and dedicate 20 to 30 minutes to getting myself ready to rock and roll, that's going to have a massive impact throughout my whole day, my whole week. <laughs> right. Got to the point where I was doing it like six days a week, sometimes seven days a week. It became my ritual. Um, and by doing that ritual, and it was very heavily geared towards shoulder routine because my personal trainer just happens to be an expert. He works with people like Drew Brees on his shoulders. So he right. knows shoulders. He's a pitching and a, and a, um, and a quarterback coach. So he gave me this shoulder workout that's epic and man, getting back in the water, I was literally in tears. I was so happy. Yeah. Back wow. in the water and I could surf. So that, you know, going to Bali with my sweetheart, it was just, you know, Bali is amazing by itself, but sure. being able to kind of jump back into that perfect wave, feeling healthy after not being able to surf for all those, you know, all those months, it was like coming home. I, I, first of all, phenomenal update all around there um i i i'm micro dosing in that p- 
pain that you were talking about, like a year and a half of not surfing. I, I'm, I was not supposed to be surfing for the last three or four weeks, but, but I've been in the water a couple of times and I go swimming. But the point is I, I feel your pain in that, that withdrawal was, uh, fairly dramatic. Um, and so let me cut over that over here and just say to the listener, I think listener, I think you get a very good feel just in that brief GTR and that update about what and who Greg Rex really is. So anything else you want to add to the GTR there, Greg? Um, you know, I'm super stoked about my book. You made an Amazon bestsellers list. Yes. I'm getting all kinds of amazing feedback and testimonials from people that it's like exactly what they needed to hear. And, um, having fun doing uh, lectures and talking about it because one of the things in this book that that was important for me is that I wasn't really fully showing up myself right yeah because I had a concept I had this this belief that when you're in business I came from the corporate world you know publicly traded companies and I worked with Tony Robbins and Deepak Chopra and I so at first I worked in the spiritual development world then I moved into corporate world and when I moved in the corporate world, there was this kind of a concept is like, you don't talk about religion, spirituality, or certain things that are taboo. Mm. And um, I wasn't able to be fully myself. And so as I wrote this book, I, I made a big distinction about, you know, how important it is to really allow me to be fully myself. So I feel so invigorated and so passionate that I'm able to like be myself and talk about things and, you know, yeah, it is a little risky talking about spirituality because there's different philosophies and some people might not see it the same way and they might pull back. Hmm. But I'm, I'm, I'm doing it anyways because it's who I am and it well, feels good. Well, this is all good stuff we're going to absolutely dig into. And I, I, I just love this idea that you're – you're weaving spirituality in and out and throughout this book stoked, which we're going to get into. So having said that, let's back it all the way up. Greg, tell us kind of where you grew up, where you went to high school and uh, set the table coming out of school for your entrepreneurial journey. Okay. Well, it's, I'm a San Diegan true and true. I mean, my, my family has four generations. Uh, now there's five generations because my brothers and sisters have started having kids here. Um, born in San Diego at the Naval Hospital, uh, went to San Diego High School, went to San Diego State University. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, I, I was actually pre-med. That was my one of my original visions. I wanted to be a doctor. And nice. the more I studied medicine and the more I studied uh, biology and, and the body's ability to heal, the more I got a little bit cautious and, and, and um, dis, disenchanted with allopathic medicine because allopathic medicine means the study of disease, pathology. Got it. And I was realizing uh, through what happened to me was I had a, I had a death experience. I had a problem with my back. I was working hmm. my way uh, through college. I was working at, back then it was called uh, Costco. Now it's, you know, Price Club actually. Right. All price. And I started this whole industry. I was working at Price Club during the day. I was working at uh, Confetti, the, the nightclub at night, bartending. And so, I, was school. I was burning the candle at both ends. And all of a sudden my back 
started giving me problems. My legs started giving me problems. And I started going through these different tests. All the doctors couldn't figure out what it was. One doctor transferred me to another one. This medicine would cause me to have an ulcer and nothing was working. And finally, I went to the, the top of the food chain. This is the uh, orthopedic surgeon. And he says, Greg, you know, we've tried everything we have in medicine. There's only two things left. We can either, you know, we can open you up and do surgery and see if we can figure out what's wrong and try to fix it. And I was like, whoa, that sounds pretty intense. I don't think I'm going to go for that. What's the other option? He said, well, we can give you a, an epidural uh, injection of cortisone. We can stick some cortisone in your, in your spine. And I said, well, that's not going to do much. It's just going to numb the pain. And he said, well, you know, if we numb the pain, maybe the inflammation can go down and your body can heal itself. And that little phrase that your body can heal itself really resonated with me because everything I was learning and everything I was observing about the body's miraculous ability to heal itself is that was like, like, okay, what, what's, let's see if we can give the body a chance to heal itself. So I said, let's try it. What's the worst that can happen? Well, the worst that can happen happened. And I had an adverse reaction and I was dead five, five minutes with no heartbeat, no blood pressure and no airway. This is after the injection. This is after the injection because what? of the injection. Yeah. And how old are you at this point? I'm like 26, senior at San Diego State University, you know, getting ready to graduate. And I'm you're like, tw- you're a 26 year old senior. Yep. <laughs> Just want to make sure I heard that right. So you were on the uh, seven year plan or something? Yeah, I went to, I went to Mesa for two years and then I was, I was finishing up at, at San Diego. I took a year off to join the Navy. Oh, wow. Uh, because I couldn't really afford school on my own. I, you know, mom and dad, mom and dad were doing the best they could, but they can really help out. So I was working all these jobs and I, I took a year off to join the Navy so I could get some A, experience in the hospital. Right. B, that I could get some help with the GI Bill. So this, this whole procedure happened at the Naval Hospital where I was working. Unreal. Um, yeah. And, uh, it was such a wake up call for me to almost die because of an adverse reaction. And here's the reality. Today, the third leading cause of death, the third leading preventable cause of death in the United States is the healthcare system. Right. It's, 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 it's the sick care system. You got it. It's the sick care system. And I realized that and I decided, you know what? I can't, I can't go into this field. I want to be practicing health and wellness. Yep. Wow. And and it would be like the equivalent of saying somebody goes, okay, I want to be wealthy. So I'm going to study poverty. Right. I I want to be happy. So I'm going to study depression. That's what our sick care system does is they think that the smarter they are at finding the the, the disease, studying the disease, creating a, a chemical or a surgery that can, that can kick its butt. They don't really honor the Hippocratic Oath, which step one of the Hippocratic Oath is do no harm. Hmm. And so I realized I can't go into this field. I, you know, I love my dad. He's a PA and I love the people who dedicate their life to, to helping people. Right. But we've got a dysfunctional system. And I said, I'm not going to go in that. And I ended up stumbling into working for Tony Robbins. And I found that I had a natural ability to uh, communicate and to promote, um, and I started promoting his, his events. I went on the road and I was a field sales rep. And uh, I, I was rookie of the year the first year and then sales manager of the, year the next year. And I just found my groove and I just soaked it up. All the learning, all the education, all the, you know, you know, you know Tony Robbins. He's, a, he's, a, he's the best in the world at what he does. Absolutely. So it was a really transformational tur- turn my whole life out from going to, into healthcare, going into like peak performance and coaching and you know, speaking and business development. 
Um, so that was a big shift for me. And then I ended up kind of falling victim to the corporate, you know, the corporate creep. I ended up going to work with a company that was .com. You know, one of our friends that we you've interviewed before, uh, John Asaraf. Yeah. He was starting a, a startup.com called uh, bamboo.com. It was launching virtual tours into the real estate industry. And he said, Greg, I want you to help me build this thing. And it sounded exciting. We're going to transform the real estate industry. We're going to take this, you know, old clunky <laughs> industry yep. Yep. We have to drive people around to 30 different houses on the weekend. And we're going to create virtual tours so the realtors can take them to three houses on the weekend instead of 30. Mm. And I was like, yeah, this could be a real time saver for people. This could make this whole industry a big thing. So we launched it. It was pretty successful, but you know, things happen in business where we got bought out. There was a merger. Next thing you know, the cool, conscious, amazing leadership that we had with John and, and, and Lynn McCurdy, we got taken over by a guy who was, uh, you know, megalomaniac. He was, he was a bean cruncher. He was all about profit. He didn't have any vision hmm. and, and the whole culture of the company just decayed. And during that process, I was like the, the national director of sales operations. So I was like trying to hold everything together and it, tore, it just tore, tore a hole in my soul because yeah. I was having to fire, went from, from starting off with six employees to getting to, um, to 1500 and then having to whittle it down to like 150. And then wow. it just was brutal. It was just a bloodbath. And what was the year when the whittling down happened? 99 and 2000. And after yeah. So, so there's, you know, the old, a rising tide lifts all boats going on. Exactly. And then the dot, <laughs> then the dot com crash. Right. And then, and then it was, you know, then it was like, you know, survival mode. And that's when I started like losing my balance. I started, you know, eating too much and drinking too much and, you know, not spending time with my family. I was all in trying to, you know, I was focused on one thing, taking the company public, building it and making it a big, big success. I put everything else, my health, my relationships, my family, my surfing, everything was on the back burner because I was all in into that one area of just finances and career. And I got so out of balance that when finally I did, I got laid off with 800 other people. Oh my God. Um, and I had a two week vacation scheduled to go to Costa Rica. And I said, Hey, I'm just going to make it a two month vacation. I'm going to go take a little time out, little uh, sabbatical. But when I'm down there, I realized how, how much of a mess my life was. I'm 50 pounds overweight. I'm so heavy. I can't even surf. And you know, Costa Rica's got epic. Right, right, right. I'm looking at some of the best ways in my life and I'm too fat to catch them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm a hundred thousand dollars in debt, credit card debt, rotating, you know, borrowing right. 10,000 here to pay this one and student loans. And I don't have a job and I'm 37 and I'm thinking, man, I'm supposed to be a millionaire five years ago. Here I am like right. scraping it midlife crisis. I go, man, I got to figure out a new way to do this. And I started kind of praying and I was, cause I'm pretty spiritual and I was asking for spirit to give me a sign of like, what am I supposed to do? And I looked around at these Costa Ricans and they have the most simple but beautiful life. They live in these like lush, you know, dirt floors, thatched roofs, papayas in the front yard, pigs and chickens running around. They fish. They're all healthy. They're all happy. And they don't have all the stuff that I'm killing myself for, the cars, the watches. Right. They're not going after that. They're just going after like living life, pura vida. That's what their phrase is. Right. 
And I'm like, I want the simple life. I want to be like that guy when I grow up. I want to just like connect with nature. I want to be able to, to surf. I want to be able to be healthy. I don't need to make a ton of money. I can get, I, basically I had a realization that there's a certain amount of money that is enough. Like, right. I don't, I don't have to keep beating and winning just because, you know, John makes this much and somebody else makes that much. I don't have to compete with other people to, to who's got the most, the biggest car, the biggest house. I can have, I, can, I said, as long as I can make six figures and if I can have a balanced life, I'll be happy. And then I realized, well, yeah, you know, six figures is enough to get by. And yeah, no, I, I just mean the whole, the whole idea. There's, there's a classic, I think it's a Buddhist, Buddhist quote. It's, it's enough is a feast. And, and yeah, enough varies from one person to another, but, but between that, realization um and and this idea of you're you're driving towards balance i think those two it's 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 a beautiful message to share thank you and that was really my my definition of success changed my definition of success went from having how much certain amount of money in the bank and having all these accolades externally to Am I happy and fulfilled and balanced? And can I build a sustainable life that doesn't require me giving up these important things like surf and friends and family? I want to have balance. So my theory was I got to simplify. And I started saying, what's the simplest stable structure that I can simplify my life, whittle away what's not important and just focus on the key priorities and Jim Bunch, who is a friend of ours that I'm sure that yep. you know as well. Absolutely. Great he guy. And I, he and I had just started a company called the Happy, Healthy, Wealthy Game. Right. And this trilogy of healthy body, healthy mind, and healthy finances, I was kind of like, that was, I was thinking was, the, and then all of a sudden, spirit just said, look, there's three frogs. Oh, there's three monkeys. Oh, there's three birds. And all of a sudden, I started seeing around in this jungle. Three's the magic. Three's the magic number. Exactly. And, and I said, well, that, you know, it's a sacred number, the Trinity, you know, I've heard it many years. People talk about it. I go, that's got to be it. I need to focus on this business with Jim. So I started working on that. Um, and I made that decision to simplify my life. And, um, but the next thing that happened was interesting is that I, I got to a certain point where I was making six figures working in that business with Jim, but there was no leverage. Meaning that every 90 days we had to start over because it was a 90 day program. Got it. it so you got to bring in, bring in whatever, 20, 30 new students or, or however many. You got, it. got and, it. And and there was, and there was no leverage. So I was thinking about what can I, I got to think a way to take it to the next. And the other thing is I felt really incongruent because even though I was working on my fitness, I was running triathlons, I was exercising five days a week, I was eating organic food, I was doing all these things to try to be healthy. And I was mm -hmm. teaching, teaching health, right? I couldn't, I couldn't lose the 50 pounds. After a year of exercising, <laughs> right? I was still 50 pounds overweight. And I was doing, you know, I was busting my butt and it wasn't right. working. Wow. But so stumbled into a friend of mine who introduced me to a doctor named Dr. Wayne Anderson. And he had started this coaching company. There was about 30 coaches and he had this vision to kind of revolutionize the healthcare industry and bring health and wellness into the conversation instead of just using medicine. He dropped out. He went, he, he left, you know, critical care 
and intensive, you know, medical interventions, you know, heart surgeries and all that stuff yeah. to, go, to say, Hey, instead of us trying to save people because they have such a terrible lifestyle, let's go upstream and teach them how to have a healthy lifestyle. So they're not on the table in the first place. I love that. And I bought into that instantly. And uh, I joined him, we joined forces um, and we started building this, this company and it's grown from 23 cents a share to now over a hundred dollars a share. It's gone from like 5 million a year in sales to over like this year, we're kind of like probably do 750 million in, in sales. Is that, and that company is Octavia? It's, yeah, it's pronounced Optavia. Optivia. Yeah, Beautiful. It's, it's a hybrid word. We made it up because what we were trying to, the, the concept is opta, meaning optimal, and right. via is the optimal path or the optimal life. So the optimal path to well-being is really what we focus on is teaching people. And we do, we teach that same trilogy, healthy body, healthy mind, healthy finances. Beautiful. And it's very sustainable. We've had a great success record. We're, we're knocking it out of the park and helping people transform their lives. Um, and, and, uh, Octavia, is that correct? Optavia. Optavia. So Optavia provides, uh, nutrition or uh, nutritional supplements, that sort of thing. Well, that's one piece of it. Uh, there's, there's actually, it's a holistic. Combination. Right, right. Like there's coaching and I, I just want to know that there, there's the product and two, there's actually nutrition components. Yeah, that's probably the biggest distinction between what Jim and I were doing is that Jim and I were doing education, we were doing community, we were ha- we, everyone had a coach, there was accountability, we were teaching them about healthy habits and healthy lifestyle, right. but we didn't have a product. Op, you know, back then, before I came to Optavia, they had the product, but they didn't have the other things. They had a coach and the product, they didn't have the lifestyle program until Dr. A wrote the book. Got it. They didn't have the, the community piece. So we brought those things together and it was a full solution. So when you help people change their mindset with coaching and you give them a lifestyle program and they start changing their habits and then you bring them into community so they can have fun and social and they're, they're having fun while they're changing their life. Uh, we find that, that the results are 10 times better than a do it yourself kind of a plan. Beautiful. Well, yeah, you, once the environmental component, the community component kicks in, um, it's, it seems much more holistic uh, from from the practitioner standpoint because they they're they're enjoying this with other people and they're sharing results. So beautiful. And it's the same philosophy that you've started with your with your business. Is our our philosophy is the key to long term success is to learn habits of health. <laughs> yeah. so it's, yes. It's, it's all about your habits. It's like a lot of people know what to do, but it, are you in the habit of doing it consistently? Amen. That's what we teach people is like you said, that environment, that all those tools that we give them is to get them to the point where they have habits that serve their goals. And we do it in three areas, healthy body, healthy mind, healthy finances. But what's missing for me, and this is, this is the big distinction. Sure. Is this trilogy of healthy body, mind, and finances is great. And there's another trilogy that many people are familiar with is this body, mind, spirit. Yeah. In the yoga community or the Native Americans, they talk about that body, mind, spirit. Yep. Well, here's what my distinction was. My original philosophy was to try to model nature and find what's the simplest structure that is sustainable in nature. And I thought this trilogy was, was stable. But in reality, nature doesn't do triangles because a triangle is a two-dimensional concept. It's not 
It's, there is no such thing as a real triangle in nature. Right. Nature does a three-dimensional triangle, which is called a tetrahedron, which has four elements. So if you smash together body, mind, and finances with body, mind, and spirit, you have body, mind, finances, and spirit. And that becomes what's called the tetrahedron. That's, that's beautiful. What, what, uh, we teach over, over here, very complimentary. It, it's, it's really the same. It's body, mind, spirit, and social, mm-hmm. uh, as, as the, the four pillars, if you will. Um, but, but I love it. I mean, it's well, just what, it, one of the things it, that it I makes know- so much sense. Yeah, it well, it, it made sense to me because I'm looking at nature's thinking. Nature knows how to do things sustainably. Sure. And the most simple, stable structure that nature does is a tetrahedron, those four components. of It's a three-dimensional triangle. And I was looking at the people who are in the body-mind-spirit camp, and what are they missing? A healthy relationship with finances. Right. What was, what was, you know, what was I learning for when I was working at the, at the corporation or when I'm, you know, not able to talk about spirit? I'm, I'm yearning for fulfillment. And I think that when people are in the body, mind, finances trilogy, sometimes they lack that, that, that connection to spirit, that connection to, to fulfillment. So I've just really made a commitment to myself just to be, you know, bold and say, all right, this book called Stoked is a spiritual journey. From employee to lifestyle entrepreneur. And you know, being an entrepreneur for decades, that if you want to grow, if you want to stretch yourself, start a business. Right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, uh, I think you, I, I was just shaking my head. You're doing so well. You're, you're segueing through the format without even knowing it. So I was just going to prompt you to, to work your way into the book. Um, So very well done. Keep going. New listener, the quickest way to get up to speed here at Habits to Goals to understand how it is you are going to craft intentionally the good supportive habits that will help you reach your goals more quickly. The process we follow is PAR. Plan, act, record, and reassess. That's it. It's fairly simple. You have three ways to get your free tracking sheet which will get you straight up to speed very quick so you can go to the habitfactor.com forward slash templates you can text the word habits h-a-b-i-t-s to three three four 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 and (laughs) finally to give you additional resources just use your favorite search engine or and or google and just type PAR, P-A-R-R, in the habit factor. For those of you looking for a super, super deep dive on habit, the book, that's right, it's almost 10 years old. Check out the habit factor on Kindle. It is, I believe it's $3.99 or $4.99, practically free. Of course, it gives you not just a deep dive on habit, but, but really walks you through the habit factor process. So there are a handful of options for the new listener. Well, I think, uh, the book, what the book is, is a, it's a fable. When I look back at the books that have had the biggest impact on me, they're parables, Celestine Prophecy, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, The Richest Man in Babylon, these stories right. that have lessons built into them. They're fun. They're educational. They're easy to learn, read. And for me, those stories have always not only changed the way I think, but they've changed the way I've acted. Like they've changed my habits. They've changed my behavior. Um, Beautiful. So 
when I wrote this book, I didn't want it to be a how-to. I didn't really want it to be about my journey. Um, I wanted it to be kind of like the arp- the archetypical journey, the hero's journey of right. going through the challenges of starting an, a, a business and but putting it into a spiritual context. And uh, so it's a story of a young man who lives up in Huntington Beach. There are some similarities. Come sure. Here. Yeah. Surf <laughs> City. Yeah. He lives in Huntington Beach. He works for a pharmaceutical company and their their number one selling drug is a weight loss drug. Interesting. Um, And the weight loss drug has the side effects of causing people to have heart damage and also Hmm. to have um, high suicide rates. And that's actually happened several times when people have come out with these weight loss drugs because you really can't cure an emotional or lifestyle related problem with chemicals. You know, you got to, you you know, you can't do it that way. So these drugs have been very ineffective over the years. So what happens is, is his, he's working kind of the American dream. He works real hard. He gets good grades. He gets the degree. He goes, he gets the job at the pharmaceutical company. He's busting his butt. He wants to be the number one guy. He is the number one guy. He gets, he's working for the $50,000 bonus check. (laughs) He graduates SDSU at 27. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then, and then he hits rock bottom. He, he re, what happens is, is the company, uh, it, it becomes public that they falsified the records in the research. And now the research is showing that these people are having all these problems and his whole financial world comes crumbling down. He loses his job. His, uh, his superficial girlfriend he's been dating, she leaves him because he can't, uh, can't take her out in, in the, in the way that she's accustomed to anymore. And so he's kind of left like with his tail between his legs and thinking, what am I going to do? And he looks out and he hears there's a big surf, uh, big high surf advisory. You know, it's like double, triple overhead. And he says, oh, I haven't surfed in such a long time. That's what I need. I need to go out and surf. And he goes out and he almost drowns because he was so out of shape because he hadn't surfed in such a long time because he's always working. And uh, (laughs) Sounds familiar. Sounds familiar, right? He washes up on the shore and he gets kind of saved by this kind of who he thinks is a surf bum. And he runs this little surf shop right on the right on the pier called Jake's Surf Shop, and he kind of patches him up. And next thing you know, a couple of things happen, and he says, "You know what? I would love to get this guy to teach me how to surf. I need to I need to like get good enough that I can surf pipeline. So pipeline surfing pipeline becomes his like dream. I want to surf pipeline, and he hires this guy to be his coach. But this guy, instead of coaching him on just surfing, he coaches him on life. He has him read books like." Um, rich dad, poor dad, and the, uh, you know, good to great and, uh, Dr. Ray's habits of health, the book that, that our doctor wrote, and he hasn't read these books. So I'm, I'm feeding the reader of my book, right? All of my favorite books that have had the biggest impact on me. I'm in, infusing those into the story. Beautiful. And, um, so he goes on this journey with this, with his mentor to really get his life back and, and become a lifestyle entrepreneur and step into the spiritual aspect of what does it take to grow a business and do it sustainably and do it consciously. Um, so it's a lot of fun. It's a short read. I've had a lot of people tell me they just read it on one or two, you know, plane rides. <laughs> Sweet. Well, you're making my job easy. Um, that reminds me a bit about, and I'm sure I'm guessing this was somewhere in your, your reading list. Uh, I believe it was Dan Millman, the, the way of the peaceful warrior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
that was on there. That, mm-hmm. um, and he had that, you know, that theory, that same me- message of having a mentor, Socrates, right? right. Was his mentor. And he was a kind of a gruff kind of a Miyagi, you know, for karate kid. There you go. Exactly. That's a big theme in my book. As a matter of fact, that's one of my secrets to success. It's no secret. It's just that if I've ever wanted to get good at something, I've humbled myself to say, okay, who can I find who's the best in the world or the best I can access that I can go and be their, their gopher, be their their, their apprentice. I'll humble myself and just like carry their bags, do whatever I can to read their books, go to their courses, study them, learn from them. Beautiful. I, and I've done that. Like when I wanted to learn how to be a good coach and a speaker, I got yep. to work with Tony Robbins. When I wanted to learn about the mind body connection and how it's not just about physical, but there's this mental emotional thing that changes our physiology. I yep. went to work with Deepak Chopra. When I wanted to learn about finances, I got to know, you know, Paul Pilzer and Marshall Thurber. And so I've, I've been able to, John Asraf, not only one of my best friends, he's one of my most important mentors. So I've surrounded myself with the people that I want to emulate, that they have, they've created the results, they've created the lifestyle that that I want. And I say, okay, that's what I'm doing. I'm going to follow his footsteps. And instead of reinvent the wheel, I'm going to let them teach me the fundamentals so then I can go out and do it my way. So, so some of this in your answer that is forthcoming may be redundant, but I'm, I'm putting myself in the listener shoes thinking, well, this is a great journey. This is highly engaging, highly enlightening. I love the wisdom. Um, but I'm still stuck in my, you know, day job air quotes and, and I'd love to do something exciting and creative and, and what, where do I start? Well, um, I give the, the the actual journey that the hero goes through. He's being coached by Jake, the the mentor. Do nope. you, you don't find out. I, I I don't know if I I don't, don't want to give it away, but I'm just going to say that Jake is more than a surf coach, right? Sure. And when when um what he goes is he walks him through a process of how to when to leave your day job, like what you need to do. There's actually sure. a checklist of what sure. to do before you jump into being an entrepreneur. And being an entrepreneur is not for everyone, you know. It, it's, Absolutely, I think it's one of the most <laughs> noble. Like, sorry, like you said, thirty years later, I I can attest to that statement. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's Absolutely. it's a noble calling, but you got to be ready for battle because it's it's the equivalent of saying, okay, you just signed up to go to war. You're in you're 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 in the army. You're going over to fight this battle, and eight out of ten of you guys are not coming home. Right. That's the casualty rate in business. It's eight out of 10 businesses. Don't make it past the second year. I'm knocking on wood. You're scaring me now. 30 years later. <laughs> but if you make it past the second year, your chances of succeeding go through the roof because most of them don't. Right. But that just says if you don't have the right principles, yeah. if you don't have the right strategy, you don't have the right work ethic, you no. know, it's a tough battle. So. So there, you. I'm not going to ask you to give it away, but I'm guessing there's some exercises. There's there's some things. There's a beginning point. There's a starting point in, in the habits to goals world. Uh, there's there's an XP journal planner. It's called the Habit XP Journal, and and there are exercises like like what we were talking about previously. Things like the balance wheel and 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 the ideal day, and and some of those things to help. I'm guessing drive 
the vision and know, know where it is they want to go. And I'm sure there's, there's a ton more. So that's great. I, I would love, we are going to link to the book and the suspense is awesome too. So we can, we can just leave it at that. Well, there's actually one, there definitely are some exercises that are outlined in the book that people could go through. And that's one of the feedbacks that I got is people said, I just read the book. I want to do this. I want to go on the journey that Mitch, the, the hero went on. How do I do it? Mitch. Yeah. Mitch is, is the, uh, the, the guy's name, Mitch Springer. That's awesome. Um, he, but I said, you know, I have my other business. I have Optavia. I'm pretty busy with that. I really don't have time to do one-on-one coaching, but what I am doing is I'm creating an online course that's going to walk people through how Jake coached Mitch into starting his business step-by-step step through the different stages. And we're going to create as an online course with a mastermind Beautiful. buddy system so that people can have peers and they can have, you know, they can have guidance and they can have exercises and they can go through the process and they can start their own business. Now I'm not going to answer every question, but I'm going to give them the fundamental principles and they might have to hire a couple of specialists or they might have to learn a couple of special skills along the way. And also totally depends on the type of business that someone's starting. This is so that's coming out in January on, on my online course. This is absolutely genius. So time is flying by again. Um, you are absolutely killing it. There's so much good stuff here. So as we round third base, I'm going to hit you with a few common questions. I'm probably going to have to circle back later and drag you back into the studio and, and do a follow-up. Uh, there's just too much good stuff we're leaving on the table. You Previously, you, you one of the common questions I ask is, how do you define success? You, you already nailed that. Um, tell us, the H2G audience, uh, two or three of your best habits. And again, that may be redundant too, but talk us through that. Um, one of my best habits is I have a date night with my lover so that we have, a, we never feel like we're going more than a week without having some dropping in and having time to really connect on a heart level. Um, I have a morning ritual that sets my day in, in motion. That's one of my most fundamental critical habits. I mentioned that earlier. Yep. Um, Beautiful. In, the, in the area of healthy body and healthy nutrition, one of my most important habits is eating every two to three hours, small meals, nice. keeping my metabolism going. And I, I'm, I'm very conscious about, you know, what, you know, no preservatives and, you know, super clean labeled food, but small low glycemic meals every three hours. That's one of my fundamental habits. So I've lost that 50 pounds and I haven't gained it back in almost 19 years. Mm -hmm. That's like an absolute habit of health. Um, one more habit that's kind of simple that I do. And, you know, it's like I have a gratitude ritual and I do it every night before I go to bed. I take a few minutes and I, I, I count my blessings Beautiful. And, I, and I look at the, uh, I kind of get my, First thing I do is I, is I, I write down in my journal my blessings. Next thing I do is I take – I'll actually – I'd be happy to come back because I, I have a, a whole little exercise I do. <laughs> Sweet. I, I take and do a mind dump. I get everything that's on my mind and I write it on a yellow pad. Wow. And then I take and I circle the top 10 things that are most important for tomorrow. And then I take a three-by-five card. I have one right here in my hand. I three-by-five card and I say Greg's priorities and I put the date. And I put uh, no more than seven things. So there's three things left on the, 
on the pad. Plus there's another 10 things that I didn't circle. So there's seven things on my three by five card and this becomes my to-do list for the next day. And what that does is when I get everything that's out of my head on a piece of paper, I can let it go and I don't have to think about it. And I can go to bed with a calm mind. Beautiful. But I wake up with a strategic plan that's already prioritized and I've already chunked out what are the most important things that I'm going to do so I can do my ritual in the morning and just dive in and start rocking. That is so good. I, I'm chuckling only slightly because I wish I could take a snapshot of my de- my desk and all the various yellow pads laying around. The other thing, um, just semi-coincidentally, I actually have two yellow pads right by the bed because invariably I wake up and something is in my head and I can't sleep until I write it down. So I just scribble something in the dark and I can go right to bed and then I try to decipher it in the morning. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> just get it, get it out. Get it out. Yeah. Get it on paper. Yeah. You know? um, well, that's fantastic. How about fairly quickly advice you might give your 20 ish year old self if you could go back? Mm. Yeah, I just did a Facebook Live about this one yesterday. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I missed that. Well, it's, it's on my page. Just go to, go to right. at, uh, go to at Greg Rex Stoked and you can see it. But basically Perfect. it would be um, don't live your life to try to please other people. It's like mm. be absolutely courageous to number one, get clear on what's most important to you. What are your values? And number two, no matter what anyone says you're supposed to do or you should do or what society says is the right thing to do, follow your heart. Uh, that would be it right there. Amen, brother. Um, all right. Now, a favorite tech tool, website, gadget, app, something you would find it hard to live without. If there's nothing, that's fine. The phone itself cannot be the answer. Um, no, it's actually, I just got a new app that's super amazing. It's super simple. I think it was 99 cents. It's called uh, Mind Jogger. And what I do with that is um, to keep things that are important on my mind. Like I have it set six times a day. It pops up on my little notification thing and it says, what or who are you grateful for? And how can you, and how can you compliment them? So every couple hours, my phone pops up and it reminds me to share appreciation and gratitude to people in my life. And I've been doing this for a couple of weeks and it is amazing. It feels so good to not just think about, you know, how you love somebody and you appreciate them, but to just take a quick moment and just text them or message them or something, you know? Beautiful. Wow. That's a good one. I'm going to look that up. Um, again, a couple minutes. Uh, you're so well read. Uh, Favorite books, two or three, perhaps, that have been transformative. You you mentioned them earlier, so again, it may be redundant. Um, you've weaved them into your book, but if, if you had to pick two or three, what what might you again share or say? The most powerful book that I've read in the last probably five years is a book called "The Fifteen Commitments of Conscious Leadership" hmm. by Jim Dethmer. It is 
brilliant. And it's, it's really given me a platform, and he's done a great job of this, of being able to bring the conversation of consciousness. It's not really spirituality. He kind of he doesn't go into spirituality, but he, he really brings in consciousness, which in and of itself is a spiritual concept. Right. Mindfulness. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and presence. Right. And, and learning how to come from love instead of fear. And then having practices and commitments and habits and distinctions and models that you can use to move yourself from being the victim, the villain, or the hero, the drama triangle. You're probably familiar with that. Right. How to get yourself out of that drama triangle and into responsibility and saying, I'm the creator of my life and taking, <laughs> you know, responsibility for your life instead of being a victim, a villain, or a hero. That is beautiful. Yeah. So between, and you may know this, it habits to goals between the interviews, which just come out Wednesday, we do the mind bullets on Mondays and Fridays are the frequently asked Fridays. And these are themes we hit all the time. Values, fear, responsibility, just goes on and on. Um, Something I jumped over, I want to go back to as it relates to Stoked and somebody I know that has influenced you greatly, Buckminster Fuller. Mm. You uh, talk about him a little. What what inspired you about him and, and maybe a thing or two, a, a key idea that you worked into stoked. Um, he's the most influential person mentor that I'd never met. I right. read his books. He died before I got a chance to meet him. Um, he, he had some vi- few videos, a few audios. So there's a little bit of archive material about him, but fortunately one of his mentees, his apprentice is Marshall mm. Thurber mm. and Marshall Thurber spent the last 10 years of Bucky's life with him traveling around the world, working on his projects, working on his things. So um, Marshall has become one of my best friends and, you know, mentors and he's downloaded Bucky into me and like, you know, kind of filled me up with that. Uh, right. And every chapter in the book leads with a Bucky quote. Oh, wow. That's uh, great. Why I'm so, is there, is there, sorry to interrupt. Is there a favorite, quote of his i'm sure there are several but but just one that pops out that you'd like to share my favorite quote of his is is actually his mission statement and when when he was 27 he was about ready to commit suicide he decided <laughs> that he wasn't he, he couldn't do it because spirit told him you don't, you don't belong to you you belong to universe nice and so he I think decided, everybody needs to hear that story say that again slowly <laughs> at okay. 27 at 27, he had, he's a, he's a brilliant guy. He's like off the charts genius, like Einstein level genius. And he's trying to do business and he can't, he can't figure out the business world because it's too dog eat dog. And he's just like this humanitarian with this big heart. And he is ready to give up and throw in the keys and, and drown himself. And he has this voice coming through the sky that says, you don't belong to you. You belong to universe. I love that. And so he realized that it wasn't his, his life wasn't his to take is that he was here for a reason. And he was like overwhelmed with this thing. How am I going to save the world? Because he saw that everything was humanity was going in the wrong direction. We're creating all these weapons. We're killing people. We're doing, we're polluting the world. He saw all these trends, but he didn't know how to do it. So he, he, he took two years in silence. After that experience, he took two years in science. He didn't say a word until he could figure out what he was going to do with the rest of his life. And when he came out of that 
two years of silence, he had a mission statement. And that mission statement was um, how to make the world work for 100% of humanity in the shortest amount of time possible through spontaneous cooperation without the disadvantage to our planet or anyone on it. And he spent the last 50 years of his life until he died trying to trying to create that mission. That's a big, hairy, audacious goal. Yeah, that, that, that's a, certainly a massive BHAG. Um, I was looking for, I didn't know the two years of silence. And if I did, I, I'd forgotten about it. I was looking for the answer to the mission statement. Um, did he ever try? I mean, obviously, he put his self, his life, his life's work into that. But I'm trying to lead to to kind of an awareness, and I'm just wondering if if he had any other statements about that mission statement. Well, yeah, I mean, he what he decided was his strategy was to how to how do you move the Queen Mary? Is you have to use leverage. You have to you can't push the front of the Queen Mary to expect it to move, right. especially when she's moving. You have to get at the very back, and you have to be what's called a trim tab. And this big rudder that's on the Queen Mary has a little miniature rudder. And because the water's moving so fast on the big rudder, it takes a lot of energy to move that big rudder. But if you put a little miniature rudder on it, that little rudder can move it. And then once that starts moving, it turns the whole ship. So you turn the ship from the back. You're a trim tab. So he decided, I'm going to be a trim tab. How's one little person out of 7 billion going to make a difference? He said, I'm going to have to employ leverage and universal principles. So he spent his brain power with Marshall and all the students and all the brilliant people that he was around trying to figure out what are the generalized universal principles. And then how do you use those universal principles to turn the queen Mary? And he came up with things like integrity, abundance, synergy, leverage, procession. And he started creating and learning about these principles and then teaching them to his students and, and then teaching them how to use that to move humanity in the right direction. So, so, this this works hand in glove. Where where I was hoping he was going, and I'm sure, essentially he is, because with the leverage statement, the the fact it it's it's ultimately, and I think this happens to a lot of people. They want to improve the world in the best way. It it occurs to me and many others. The best way to improve the world is to improve yourself. Right? Yeah. Let, let everyone sweep at their front door, so to speak. So, so I, I know when he's getting into, you know, working on himself and leverage, I, that, that, that answer is emanating from his work. There's no doubt about it. Well, he actually created a, an artifact, uh, a game called the world game, um, which Marshall and I've done. And we, he, there's a few people still doing it. I'm actually trying to revive it. I'm trying to put one together in the next uh, six months. But it's an experiential simulation where you get on the globe and you experience what it's like to play the game with the current set of rules that we have in humanity, which is scarcity. <laughs> right. And then you can see the, the natural progression of what happens, which is destruction, terrorism, and, and, and poverty. Right. Because what happens is, is the people who he with the gold writes the rules and the people who have more get more and the people who have less get less. And it, it bifurcates into separation in scarcity instead of abundance. And so he has and have not. Yeah, exactly. And he shows in this game while you play, when you get to a level of abundance, when you realize that I have enough, 
I actually have more than enough. That's natural human tendency, unless you're a sociopath, is when you have enough, it's natural to share. It's a, so his, his one liner, which is, could be one of my favorite quotes from him, is his, his one liner to, to illustrate the concept of abundance yep. is sharing is having more. Beautiful. Sharing is having more because when you share, you open up the possibility of collaboration and synergy where one plus one does equal two. One plus one equals 11. Sharing is having more. I love it. Sharing is having more. My, uh, my Bucky favorite quote we've worked into the app is there is nothing in the caterpillar that tells you it's going to be a butterfly. Mm. And it's so important from, from a metamorphosis standpoint, because people, when they get bogged down and they're caught up in their problems, even though they see change everywhere in the world, you know, they, they, for some reason think they can't metamorph. And so I just love that, that Bucky quote. He, he is absolutely brilliant. Amazing. Um, all right. So we hit any other book you want to touch on? Um, well, Dr. A just wrote in his upgraded book, The Habits of Health 2.0. It's phenomenal. That's an amazing book. Um, one of my favorite books for um, an entrepreneur is um, The Obstacle is the Way I by love Ryan Holiday. Yep. You got to have you got to have a tough skin. You got to be willing to like embrace challenges, and that's a great book for entrepreneurs to to dive into. Beautiful. So we covered the tech tool. We covered the favorite books. We covered the advice. I don't know what else to say other than thank you so much, Mister Greg Rex, brother. That was educational, enlightening. I love learning. Really, I didn't know. I knew parts, bits, and parts about you know, the background story, um, but your, your personal struggle and perseverance and spiritual enlightenment is, is encouraging. So I, we're going to link to all sorts of things, of course, including the book stoked a spiritual journey from employee to lifestyle entrepreneur. If there's anything as a parting shot, you get to say goodbye. If there's anything you want to direct us to, again, we'll, we'll link to your website, gregrex.com. Um, you just final, final thoughts, final words. Have at it. Uh, figure out what's, what's your lifestyle. What's your optimal lifestyle. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, let's do it consciously, figure out what your optimal lifestyle is, and then go out and find people who have done what you want to do mentor with them, and then build your business intentionally, become a lifestyle entrepreneur so that you actually have not only the success that you want, but you end up enjoying your life when it's all said and done. And there's a concept I I talk about called ikigai, which is a Japanese term. And it represents when you find out what your passion is, it's it's a, it's a tetralogy. Remember I'm moving from trilogy to tetralogy, the study of four. Yeah. So the study of four is if the hedgehog was like from, from good to great. The hedgehog yeah. was what's your passion? What you, what can you be the best at? And what's the business model that allows you to do what you love to do that you're really good at doing? Well, the, the tetralogy version of that that's more holistic is ikigai. And it's what's your passion? What's your gifts and talents? What's your business model? And what does the world need? I love it. Beautiful. 
Yeah, right where that synthesis, where they all intersect. That's the sweet is, spot. That is genius. All right, GR. Thank you so much, sir. Brilliant job. Say goodbye. Hey, hang on. Uh, we're going to kill the show, but say goodbye, and then I'll talk to you on the backside here. Yeah, and if anyone wants to, I'm going to be offering uh, the book free, but just pay for the shipping. Wow. Uh, just go to uh, stokedthebook.com stokethebook.com and uh, just log in and you'll get a copy of the book. Just pay for the shipping and we'll send you a free copy of the book and love to have people, you know, join this community, join this movement to being a lifestyle entrepreneur. I think that's what the world needs right now. The world needs less people working nine to five stuck on the freeway (laughs) and more people living their dreams and following their passions. It's a beautiful message. Can't argue with that. All right. Great job. Congrats again on the book. Thanks Martin. See ya. See ya. Hey, really quick, I just want to remind you if you want to grab your habits and goals tracking template, the template that started it all, you can get that really quickly. Just text me at 33444 and simply text the word habits, that is habits, H-A-B-I-T-S, to 33444 and you will get the tracking template immediately. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Thanks for dropping a quick review. It'll take you less than 30 seconds if you're getting value. 